Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. You're listening to The Silver Stream, a journey through ideas in collaboration with invited guests. I am Byzantia Harlow, a visual artist and the creator and host of The Silver Stream. Today's episode sees a special takeover by artist Guy Oliver. Guy has been a previous collaborator on my first radio series. His work explores the relationship between comedy and tragedy within contemporary popular culture. Guy is the current recipient of the Jerwood Film and Video Umbrella Award for 2020. As well as exhibiting regularly, Guy has a podcast. For today's contribution, Guy is playing a previously unaired episode. This features artist Michaela Yearwood-Dan, who chooses her top five dating shows as her topic of choice. Covering the full spectrum of this evergreen TV format, Michaela discusses how they influence her life and practice as well as how they can reveal unexpected insights into how society and human beings can function. Michaela often depicts a variety of topics based on observations of society and self. Her work tends to explore themes of class, culture, race, gender. Her current works focus on love, loss and reflection, all whilst remaining playful, personal and vibrant. The episode today is going to largely feature this podcast alongside a few quotes from myself where I feel appropriate. I hope you all enjoy this special takeover episode highlighting this brilliant podcast series from Guy Oliver, which kept me entertained and interested throughout lockdown. Welcome again to Guy Oliver's Top 5. Today my guest is the artist Michaela Yearwood-Dan. Hello Michaela. Hi Guy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. Very nice to be here. Yes, nice uh, to have you. So Michaela, you're basically primarily a painter and mm-hmm. ceramicist. But Apparently so. <laughs> Newly. <laughs> Newly found clay. New, new niche. Yeah. Um, but you're not talking directly about art today. No. Um, would you like to introduce the very special subject you chose to talk about today? Um, so a lot of, I think a lot of my work has to do with relationships and love in general. Um, and quote unquote from my girlfriend is, I love love, no matter <laughs> in what form. So my topic today is my top five dating shows. 
Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I was going to say, does that kind of relate to your practice and oh, feed into your work? Yeah. But it sounds like it does. Definitely. Not so much dating shows, but like the thing of like love and relationships mm. definitely feeds into my practice quite heavily. Would you like to introduce number five in your list? My number five on my list is a new one, and it is Love on the Spectrum, which right. is a Netflix Australian dating program. Finding love can be hard for anyone. Do you feel anything about me? Um. Some girls don't feel like dating someone with disabilities. <sighs> that was too awkward. Even though I'm on the spectrum, I'm capable of falling in love. Well, I hope we can help you achieve that. I really hope so too. So following the journey of young people with who are on like different levels of the autistic spectrum, dating and like being in love and like finding love, and it's really sweet. Is it? Yeah, it's really sweet. And it's kind of like, so, of course, Channel 4 made The Undateables, which mm. was bad. It was somewhat enjoyable yeah. if you could kind of see past the fact that they chose to title it The Undateables. <laughs> um, and it felt kind of as if they were picking, like, fun at these individuals with various different disabilities, especially ones who have, like, learning difficulties. Mm. Um, and Love on the Spectrum doesn't do that at all it's just really like it's really interesting Um, I learned a lot about how autism is presented in women which I never knew and then it kind of made me reassess my whole education growing up because I went to an all girls school and there were definitely some girls who would have been on the spectrum Mm. and like growing up like you know they weren't my friends and I, I wasn't personally mean to the people you mean to them and I think if they actually knew that they had a disability mm-hmm. or that they these these families knew because it's it's so hard to identify in women and it presents so differently compared to men that like maybe their experience in those early years would have been completely different who knows um also, the, the lessons they find out in the show are just kind of like what everyone discovers when dating, and it's just so, so sweet. Like, one, basically, her whole thing was that she just doesn't need to, like, go on a date with someone just because they ask them, because they don't have any other options. They just need to just go on dates with people when they really like them. And I was like, wow. Well, everyone has to learn that lesson. Like, <laughs> yes. every single person in the world is like... Right, yeah, no, I learned that lesson, but it wasn't straight away, and like mm. it, all the, mm. it just, it was just so normal. There's also like a star character called Michael, who wants to be an A plus partner. <laughs> so so lovely, and he like lists the ways where he thinks that he's gonna do that, and he's obsessed with I Dream a Genie, like obsessed with it. So he goes to Comic Con and like freaks out when he meets one of the characters from I Dream a Genie, which, the original one. Yeah. She's very old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gives her a hug. And he, like he's like he's having. He, he was on a date at Comic Con, and he okay. was just like, "This is the best day of my life." Yeah. But then also like very much doesn't go on any more dates with this girl. It's just because he met <laughs> the I Dream a Genie woman. It's just so good. Right. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it. I kind yeah. of assumed it was like a, a remake of the Undateable. Yeah. No. It's like. Which I do find yeah, problematic. Yeah. Although there is. Yeah. It's sort of compassionate. And it does sort of increase representation yeah. of disabled people. Um, 
but there is an undeniable kind of voyeuristic or slightly kind of yeah they're kind of laughing at yeah. people with Tourette's yeah you don't feel that at all in this show or whatsoever well I didn't feel it um, mm. I, th- I think it's been received really well I would say the things the things I am sad about when it comes to the show that there's not enough there's, there's not enough I'm like it stops <laughs> okay. there's only like eight episodes and then it's over and I'm like what what happened what happened next I had to like go online and search and find mm. out if any of them had found new love they haven't but um, <laughs> which is like most, uh, most people on dating yeah, shows yeah. Um, and there's a few that there's one couple that I think two couples they actually featured people who had been in couples already and mm. they were going to get married I think one of them actually have gotten married now it was just yeah it sounds very it positive very positive very sweet it made me cry happy tears because mm-hmm. um, you know I love love <laughs> in any shape or form but I think yeah it would have an educational aspect yeah I think for, for like families well yeah of, this is it people yeah who don't know how to navigate those things right you know? and that I think that you know like I said like dating's really cruel but then I do really enjoy these shows that really focus on like why things are hard and why things are hard for everyone you get to like develop like emotional connect- connections to mm-hmm. the characters of the show um but yeah like netflix have tried to do dating shows and they're always real bad and this one was this one was top notch um i recommend it doesn't take very long to watch it there's <laughs> very few episodes <laughs> like get through it I said, I feel like maybe it was in like five episodes. It was very mm-hmm. short, but I loved it. It's Australian. Yeah, mm. which is, I think maybe actually a thing I don't love about it. Okay. But the accent, but oh, okay, just yeah, right. yeah Australian accents. Not my favorite. Like I would have loved it if it was British, but we tried it in England and we failed. So. Yeah, yeah. we had a, we had a stab, and um, we're just too mean. So, Love on the Spectrum. Yes. Thoroughly benign and good-natured. Sounds, sounds good. Where are we yeah. going next? Number four. Now, we're going to another Netflix uh-huh. oh. dating show. Yeah. Um, and, the, wow, this one. This was a corker. Um, Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. I've met the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. I've never seen her before. Here, you will choose someone to marry. Hello. Nice to hear from you. Can't say see ya. Without ever seeing them. If you're ready to find the love of your life. Game time. The pods are now open. What kind of work do you do? So what are some of your biggest turnoffs? So what are you looking for in a woman? Ethnicity, race, physical appearance. None of that matters. I'm really starting to emotionally connect with you. This could be a remarkable love story. I saw some of it. Yeah, most people have seen some of it. I thought it was Stupid. the silliest thing I'd yeah. ever seen. Mm. I just thought it was a total lies. But yeah, no, no, no. Three of them are still together. Spoiler alert. The concept is quite literally love is blind and you can fall in love with someone without ever having seen them or touched them, um, which is insane. So they have these boy's house and a girl's house and you don't get to see a lot of what happens in these like 
mm. home settings that they, they have. And they are in these pods with like a glass screen in between them. It's all like foggy, misty glass. And like they're all, the rooms are rigged up with microphones and they literally just have to like talk and get to know each other in these pods. And they, they're, they're called the pods and they refer to the pods all the time. And they obviously can ask any question. Um, they're encouraged to not ask questions like what do you look like and to describe yourself um, for obvious reasons I guess um, and then the the way to get to the next level of the social experiment is to propose to the person and so that, that was whole, the only way they got to yeah. it it's like a holiday or something the next stage oh the next stage then you go into like an intense like like holiday scenario where uh, they're they're all there and they're all like dating on this holiday in like mini Mexico, like mini Love Island, and then after that they have to go live together in like an apartment that like Love is Blind I think put them in, so like a small apartment, and then they get to like see like their like where they actually live, and then they get married. That is the end point of it. And I, I I, feel like it only spans on for like two months or something. Like it's not very... The yeah. pods are only two weeks. Yeah, that was the only stage I kind of saw. It was, it was on in the studio. It's, um, like the concept alone is the stupidest <laughs> thing. Um, it will obviously come back for more seasons because it has worked. Because they filmed it a year in advance. And then, like, yeah. the last episode, which was the best episode, was Reunion, like, a year later. And it, oof, it is heated. It is great. Um, so, in it, you have... So, you have Jessica. I think she's just, like, a, a pinpoint everyone can refer to. She's this woman who claims she's, like, 33. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely older than that. And she's... Uh, she's got these two guys that are after her and then one guy basically goes off with another woman who is better suited for him or obviously blinded in the pods and she is like falls for this guy Mark who is ten years younger than her supposed age and she like plays around with him so much and like is such a massive gaslighter also puts in a little baby voice and talks like this the whole time and it's wild like it's I've never seen anything quite like it like her she's insane and then once she sees him she obviously does not fancy him she obviously doesn't fancy him but goes through with the whole process drags him along doesn't want him to physically touch like at one point she literally says when he physically touches her it makes her feel sick she feels that the connection's not there yet still wears the dress goes down the aisle and then rejects him I'm giving all the spoilers because I feel like you all should have watched the show by now this is just one of them um yeah but it's just the journey there's one bit where she lets her dog drink wine from her glass and then she drinks it afterwards, okay. um, which is just wrong on so many levels. But do you, do you win a prize if you get married? I mean, what's you, the your prize is that you're now married. Okay. And apparently they don't even pay for the whole wedding. So, 
what's the value in going through with it? Just... I don't know. It was just brilliant TV. And I think we have to, like, with this concept of dating shows, I really have to pay attention to what is good TV. And it was yes, good yeah. TV. Like, the concept and the show itself was so stupid. Yes, yeah. But it was great <laughs> TV. There's one couple in there which they seem really normal and they're now, like... Is that the couple that kind of early on the first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, the 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 black girl Lauren. So Cameron and Lauren, they were great. Um, But it was just so unnatural. Like, yeah, sure they got on well, but like within a day, that like I love. Oh, the way yeah, the way they filmed it. That was the other thing. That was the really entertaining thing. Like I had to like research that afterwards because I was like, how long were they actually in the pods when? When did they actually get proposed to? But the way they show it on Netflix, because they're trying to get you like in yeah, on that first yeah, episode, yeah. they show it to you like they literally get engaged within a day of having known each other. But in reality, I think it was like maybe like a week and a half, which is still insane. Yes. So here I'm called to read a paragraph from All About Love by Bell Hooks. Um, and I'll quote now. The need for instant gratification is a component of greed. This same politics of greed is at play when folks seek love. They often want fulfilment immediately. Genuine love is rarely an emotional space where needs are instantly gratified. To know genuine love, we have to invest time and commitment. As John Wellwood reminds us in Journey of the Heart, Dreaming that love will save us, solve all our problems, or provide a ready state of bliss or security only keeps us stuck in wishful fantasy, undermining the real power of the love which is to transform us. Many people want love to function like a drug, giving them an immediate and sustained high. They want to do nothing, just passively receive the good feeling. They they cried together, so that's why it was so connected. Yeah. But then, then you deep. find out that he cries to everything. Oh, really? But I do really like them. But then Netflix did that thing that I think a lot of American shows, a lot of reality TV shows do, where they place a wider world issue on them and make them kind of like talk about it loads. So this whole thing about them being an interracial couple which they've spoken about afterwards was really not that big of a deal to mm. them. But then there was like, oh my God. What do you think? Like the pro- yeah, the producers program, like, kind of... Talk about how it is because you're a black woman and he's a white man. And it was like, they, I think mm. Laura was kind of like cool. Like, yeah, she sort of mentions it once yeah. she meets him. Yeah. Like, oh, I've never dated a white, white man. Before, yeah. yeah. And it's kind of, kind of like, <laughs> it, but then it kept on coming up in the show, but I feel like it definitely didn't come up in their life as much as they were like sort of I think their whole relationship was just going so smoothly mm-hmm. it was like we must give them some sort of drama and their drama is that like they're yeah. of two different like races. imagine that Netflix wanted it to kind of be this kind of wider social experiment yeah, yeah. actually we're breaking down yeah. social structures but then what would have been really great is not to have mentioned it so much because <laughs> I need to look at these two people who are quite clearly of different yes. races just enjoying their love and yeah they're they're like super happy now apparently i mean i don't live with them so i don't know and i'm not them but according to their instagram pages yeah they have a dog and they're in love 
What is it? Number three, Michaela. Number three is actually probably one of my favourite in terms of would I go on this show? Yes. Am I t- actually going on this show? No, if I'm not single, but like if if I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Dinner date. Right. I, people don't know about dinner date as much as they should. It's been going on for 10 years. Google God. told me, not, yeah. I don't know, but dinner date is taking two of the best things that British TV has to offer and merging them as one. So dating shows and come dine with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's definitely a kind of like offshoot of come dine with me, isn't it? Genius. So they've got the Saki narrator. Great. <laughs> yeah. The concept is a person gets given. So they, it's just like the sort of like the location of when they have to like go places as well really entertains me. So they have to go to a restaurant and they get given five menus in like thick, you know, thick black menus. Like they get given five leather bound menus and they have to read through these menus and pick three to go on a date with. Definitely I'm looking for a wifey for life here. There's no doubt about it. I don't want to die as a bachelor, <laughs> to be honest here. Um, I want a woman where I can wake up every morning and just think, yes, never have to look at another woman again. I think I need a female version of me. She may not be his mirror image, but Verity thought his menu reflected well on him. But will Damien's sugar-coated dishes keep Verity sweet? Um, you get to see all these women as well. I'm always saying, not women, any people. These people who are going to cook the meals, and you get to see them. And it's quite funny because you get like introduced to all these characters, and then two just get dropped, and you never yeah. see them again. They can be <laughs> completely ignored. You never see them. So again, another great concept: feed people, and they'll love you. That's a I, I, I subscribe to that fully. Mm-hmm. Um, then this person has to go on dates with all three people. They can never cook. Like, people, mm. they just... Yeah, from what I've seen. They're just never very good cooks. Um, and they also always make, like, humongous portions. I'm just like, what? It's a first date, guys. Like, chill out, please. Um, maybe it's because the camera's rubbish and they need to be able to, like, capture it <laughs> on camera. I don't know. And there's a difficulty, like, when you're on a date. Yeah. Like, eating isn't, like, you're foremost in your mind. It's not so you what you want to do on a first date. You generally, generally meet it, oops, eat, yeah. eat less than you would do. Like, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like, it's the fact that no one actually wants to go on a dinner date for a first date, really. You want to go for drinks. Mm-hmm. And then it's not just, like, going on a dinner date. It's going on a dinner date at someone's home. So you're there to like judge their home a little bit too. Definitely. It's a blind date also. So it's a blind dinner date at someone's home that you've never met before. Genius. Love it. Cruel, cruel, cruel thing. Yeah, you always look for the little cues yeah. when they open the front door. Awkward. It's See, always like awkward. Anything, yeah. any giveaways on their face. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, oh, great. God. Um, I'm stuck that, here for the next two hours. Yeah, I like, I like they rate the date as well, but it means nothing. <laughs> like there's always like three stars rating and then there was like I'm not going to give them three stars because you know I don't want to seem too keen I'm going to give them two and a half stars <laughs> and it's like but your rating means nothing and you've seen the show so you also know your rating means nothing so, so they won't see the rating they don't see the rating and they just mm. just rate the day it doesn't influence anything <laughs> well if they do see it like we're not told that so I don't know why 
they raised the date. Us. Yeah. We all like Yeah, we, and there's like really like bad pink graphics. Like, <laughs> really, oh, it's just so bad. It looks like someone made it on PowerPoint. I yeah. love it. It's so cheap. I mean, I think when Channel 4 came across the Come Dine With Me yeah. formula, like how cheaply they could do it. And, you know. Literally, like, I think, I think it, we it's have all those like, three, three in a bed type thing. Yeah. Like, those ones where people go to each other's hotel. Oh, you know, it's so good. So good. They're just creaming it off. Oh, just... all of them. It's so good. And then just got this, the narrator in the background just really like slating all of them. It's so great. Um, but yeah, the end result of Dinner Day, which is the piece de resistance, <laughs> is when he, the person at the oh, end yes. gets to choose who they're going to take on a second date and the people who are not accepted on the date get sent a silver platter with a silver lid and underneath that is a given ready meal and it's not that they just have mm. been given a ready meal then they have to be filmed eating the ready meal whilst they have like an exit interview yeah you know it's humiliation I know <laughs> It's so good. So good. Yeah, and they never end up together. They do a little VT thing at the end, and like, oh, what everyone's doing they, next? They chose not to. They 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 exchange numbers, but they have yet to meet up. Or mm. the person they chose for a date is now seeing someone new. Always. I've, I think I watched it once. Once where they've gone on a few dates, and sure, I've not watched every episode of the show because it isn't actually the best show out mm. there no. it is enjoyable it's basement, isn't it? yeah but it's enjoyable every yeah. time and it's on at like a really good time it's on like at an early dinner time so if you're by yourself and you've got ITV too oh right it's on like four o'clock no it? it's on like no. six okay. every day god <laughs> <laughs> I know this from university not yeah, not, yeah. not like <laughs> not now I, I think I've maybe I watched it maybe like once during lockdown hmm Lockdown would have been a great time to get into dinner day. I mean, if we go back, guys, my recommendation. <laughs> All the things we wish we'd done. <laughs> yeah, better. get back into dinner day. Get into it for the first time. You haven't said that the, the winner, the, the, the woman there, oh, yeah. appears outside there. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So if they do win... So they, where do they go on a date? They go to, like, to like a proper uh, restaurant. Yeah, like a proper restaurant. It's always in the middle of the day. It's always daylight when they're going to this restaurant and they rock up at the door with like flowers and, or wine or chocolate. Like, look, I've chosen you. And like the response is never like, oh, great. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> yeah, excited. Yeah. They're just like, oh, great, thank oh, no, you. Nice one, nice. nice, cool. And they go on this date to a normal restaurant. It's fine. So it's a very empty middle of the day yeah. normal restaurant. And they, so, it's always the kind of people who like they've got a pre-prepared wacky thing or something. They get out their kind of funny uh, hat or something yeah. halfway through the house date. Yeah. But so, so that was dinner dates. Yes. Um, have we done number two already? Yeah. We? Uh, what is your number two? Love Island. Love Island. Love okay. Island. Yeah. My reasoning for Love Island not being number one is that I've not seen all seasons of Love Island. I've seen the last three, 
I think. I started watching it when, when Danny Dyer's daughter, Danny Dyer, was going to be okay. in it because I thought I I just had to. Um, that was the year that everyone... I feel like every, it was the World Cup was also one. Yeah, and, and it was like... the like, nation was... Intellectual, in... arty people started talking about it in quite yeah. serious terms. Yeah, and... yeah, that's oh. what I quite like about Love Island. Yeah, yeah. It's trash TV that gets, like, really intellectualised. And I can still see that so. ha- happening, yeah. Yeah. But I was sort of keen to avoid it because I, I kind of knew that I would get sucked into it. Yeah, yeah. And, then, um, yeah, and everyone got year. into it because of Danny Dyer's daughter, Danny Dyer. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that is the reason why. I was aware of that. Yeah. Actually, so yeah, yeah. For a non watcher, that was. It's I think, that, yeah, people. And it was, it was in a year that the nation was doing what the nation likes to do, like do the most and doesn't happen very often and it's like communally be part of something mm. so like you had the world cup that was on and then we were actually doing all right yeah and like love island came on was coming on after it so yeah. the whole nation was like, combo. yeah yeah so like especially for like couples at home yeah like you know stereotypically guys watching the football mm. and then Love Island coming on afterwards and it was like, like sort of really healthy compromise mm. like the nation seemed to be watching it and you know I hadn't experienced anything like that since Big Brother and I was a big Big Brother watcher from a very early age like I was too young to be watching Big Brother when I did then my cousin went on yeah. it at one point and then we oh, had really? to watch it and yeah who was your yeah. cousin? he's just a his name was he went he went by he was on the year of like Macozy and Anthony yeah and his name was Science I remember Science yeah, my cousin Kieran wow. <laughs> was, was on was on Big Brother oh, that's... he threw a, he threw a bin at someone yeah. He, he, yeah he he was very funny I, yeah. I liked him I think he didn't get fun. along with lots of people I remember there being a massive argument because he washed a chi- washed the chicken and one guy was telling him that you don't wash the chicken and with mm-hmm. black and we wash our meat and it's you do oh, wash it's chicken. fine yeah and like I feel like you do wash chicken yeah. there's like that? stuff inside like yeah lots of people do that and it was like the thing kicked off and then it became like a cultural thing but I remember him not talking to people a lot yeah yeah I remember well, getting yeah. into that series sort of I'd sort of I watched the first series yeah. and then I sort of then Nicozy like got pregnant from the jacuzzi but she wasn't <laughs> yeah, actually yeah. pregnant um, but it was that that's the kind of thing that like England and the way the world the way TV is now is streaming streaming TV is the thing and I love that it was a show it was like what X Factor used to be where like you had to watch yeah. it at a certain time on a certain day and if you wanted to vote and if you want to be part of it you had to watch it at a certain time exactly. that day because you only had like half an hour to vote for your um, person event TV yeah like the idea it was great. Things being tied to a schedule and football is the one. Of those yeah, exactly. Well. Like you have to watch. So that was the year, like the year of Danny. It was like everyone had to. Yeah, you had to exactly, and it was incredible, and I loved it, and it is really important. Like we said, like how you know art people got into it that year mm-hmm. because we, you know, I'd like the art people like to think they're above reality TV, which is just. So so pompous and it's so outrageous because we're not none of us are above it Mm -hmm. what it did ignite was people watching it with a different worldview and conversations that weren't being had around the program started being had Mm. and it became like the most important anthropological tv show that 
I've experienced in my young adult life. I just think it's so smart. Um, the show itself is just a bit stupid, really. Like, it's people dating and stuff. But the conversation, like, the things that were happening. So, obviously, big conversations around mental health now. Um, because, sadly, three people have lost their lives to suicide from who were contest who were re- like directly related to the show oh. although there was like different extenuating circumstances but then that conversation of when people are propelled into fame how are they cared for mm-hmm. was a big conversation that has happened and does carry on and you've seen how it's been like reprimanded in the future generations of the show where like yeah. you know they still have continuous support from ITV when they leave, right. um, which is really important. Um, see, it's very linked to sort of social media, and yeah, culture as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. Goes on to be Instagram famous mm. or like to get their like brand deals with like Boohoo, mm. Nasty Gal. <laughs> this really reminded me of a passage from Trick Mirror by Gia Talentio, in which she um, is reflecting on her early teenage appearance in a reality TV show. Um, And I quote, The process of calibrating my external self became so instinctive, so automatic, that I stopped being able to perceive it. Reality TV simultaneously freed me from and tethered me to self-consciousness by making self-consciousness inextricable from everything else. This was useful if dubious preparations for a life wrapped up with the internet. I felt the same thing watching the show that I do when I'm on the train in New York scrolling through Twitter, thinking, on the one hand, where are we underneath all of this arbitrary self-importance? And on the other, aren't we all exactly as we seem? Reality TV enacts the various self-delusions of the emotionally immature, the dream that you're being closely watched, assessed and categorised, the dream that your life is itself movie material and that you deserve your own carefully soundtracked montage when you're walking down the street. All of this a narcissist fantasy come true. There's a saying we have in reality, Jess, the producer, told me while we were sitting in Midtown. Everyone signs. Most people want to be famous. Everyone thinks they could be a better Kardashian than the Kardashians. You see it now with these apps. Everyone likes to have an audience. Everyone thinks they deserve one. Um, but then, then there's also the big conversations about like representation, like racial representation, um, in and like, like queer representation. I think it was like a bisexual mm. girl in that one year, and like she dropped her dude for some girl, and it was great. I didn't watch mm. it, but like I heard about it. Fun. Um, and like yeah like conversations about race like so many beautiful black women going on the show and you know like really lovely asian guy and like not being picked and people just being like trying to have those conversations saying it's mm. about preference and it's like no it's not about preference it's about society yeah. and why you have those biases and like those conversations actually coming up um conversations around like gaslighting i cr- i cried watching love island so yeah, like I didn't know, I feel like the term gaslighting yeah. itself has sort of entered the sort of public sphere just in Around the last sort of yeah. two, two years. Yeah. And how it's been kind of embraced because there wasn't really a term for that. Mm. For what 
a kind of action that needed defining and yeah. needed, needed identifying. Yeah. So you're right. It's kind of and like people become really aware of it and yeah, they can see it happening. Yeah. Because it's almost like a kind of sport that you can kind of then absolutely and, and absolutely analyze. You know. And this show shows you like I feel because it, it puts things that your everyday person go because we you know you I'm assuming listening to this you know what Love Island is and people are just like outrageously beautiful and they're in bikinis all day long and they're in their swimming trunks yeah. all day long perfect bodies like quote unquote yeah quote unquote yeah. perfect bodies working out getting more progressively tanned throughout it and so that it's like seeing seeing these people get treated like crap by other people in like a dating setting is both like humbling to watch it happen, mm-hmm. but also makes you feel kind of good if someone who looks like that can yeah, also get treated like shit. Yeah, like yeah. it's like that makes you feel good that it's happening. But yeah, so and then there is an ambivalence. I think we all feel it. Like, mm-hmm. what is this doing? What What are the values of this show? Yeah, in terms of sort of body image. Yeah, and, uh, that kind of. Body fascism, yeah. Almost, that it's is it pro- is it propagating? Yeah, yeah. And then there's that. like you. I feel like the pros and cons list of Love Island are really sort of hand in hand. Like everyone's got the quote unquote perfect body. Like you know, there's stupid questions where it's like, oh, who's your type? I prefer blondes instead of brunettes. And it's like, what about all the other women in between that? I.e., <laughs> black women. <laughs> who are neither blonde or brunette. Well, I can be, because wigs, but, you know, like, that, the sort of very white-centric idea around it all, and, you know, very, like... I say people, like, it's very heteronormative, but then I feel like the male relationships on that show are just one of the best things. You've got these gym bros who they... You obviously you put on these like stereotypes of people, and you know they're the kind of men that you assume in the world who wouldn't want to like ever be associated with being gay or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, and you've got these guys, and they're always around each other, topless, yeah. consistently all the time. Well, there was a proper bromance between what's his name, Tyson Fury's brother. Oh yeah, um, yeah, and Curtis. Curtis, and he Curtis and... is bisexual, I think. Or am I making that up? Well, there was a lot of speculation yeah. about whether he was actually gay. But it or happens or what. every season, and you'll see them on their day beds. <laughs> They're like yes. hugging and like coming to each other to tell them about their feelings about like it's very this person. Yeah. It's very emotional, and you see it the most with the men. And I just really love that kind of way of showing masculinity because mm. they are the quote unquote like masculine. Yeah archetype of man and they're just yeah like proper lads and they're just being like silly and like touchy-feely and really emotional with each other they get really hurt and they get really deep about these things and then you see them like with their the female friendships they develop and you see these like platonic male and female friendships that Mm. derive from in this setting this setting which is like overly sexualized as well and you know, I feel like there was, there was a reason why arty people got into it. Also, I think the filming changed because I think it used to be, like, you could see them in the smoking area and that's where all the fighting would happen and they got rid of filming the smoking area. So apparently there's lots of, like, off-screen fights that happen, oh, really? but they don't show 
people smoking because it was like so yeah. yeah so but there's oh, just like and yeah the conversations on race I think were really really important mm-hmm. um, I cried when Danny Dyer told Samira that she was like a, a, a mate that Samira was getting basically disregarded by some guy for this ridiculously plasticed up girl Megan who's has the person like you know I'm sure she's lovely but she also has the personality of like a rice cake like she just, <laughs> just needs to add stuff onto to make it interesting like she's so dull um and she she basically came back and she just kept on saying within like her sort of like looking down herself she kept on saying like because you know I just don't look like I don't look like girls like Megan I don't look like that and she was the only black girl in the villa she kept on getting disregarded by all these people and you just knew in that moment that really what she was said was like she was very much aware of that but didn't want to speak on that weakness as well Mm. out loud and like she's not in an environment where she's speaking to other black women Mm. so she wouldn't really know I don't know if it would be well well received Mm. and Danny Dyer just because she also has like a really strong Essex accent and she always spoke with a lot of purpose Danny Dyer (laughs) so she just all turned to her and kind of like told her that she was like the best person the most intelligent smart person she's like I don't know who's broken you down in this world to make you feel that you're not this and when she said that even just me saying it now I'm like emotional because I feel like a lot of women, a lot of people, especially a lot of black women, have been in positions where mm-hmm. they feel that way. And to see it on TV, to n- hear these conversations on like the radio, on like your Twitter feed, on Instagram, where people are talking about racial diversity of these programs and like I trying to debunk these biases around attraction. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Then you have like the one day the next season on who was like this incredibly smart black Irish um, scientist I remember yeah and you know yeah. when you kind of look at someone and you're like everyone's just going to say that they're intimidated by her aren't they because what well, she's just too intelligent and too beautiful but she was so beautiful also I remember someone came come on once and said that they just love the Irish accent and then chose Moira or someone they showed someone else over her and it was like she's also Irish like Mm. I love tan skin and the Irish accent like what about the black girl with the Irish (laughs) accent and like what she not exist in this realm but yeah Yeah. I just thought Love Island has so many great like moments to talk about but then also the show is really good the show is also really good it's truly one of the best dating shows and the reason it's not my number one is because it extends further from the idea of dating. It's just, it's a reality show yeah. where people, it's a reality show basically. You yeah. Know, it's too many friendships. A bit of a hybrid. Yeah. Too many friendships and too many um, fun games for it to be an actual dating show. Yeah. And it lasts for a It lasts, summer. yeah, it lasts for a, a whole season of your life where you should not be at home <laughs> watching it as often as you are. It's, it's an investment. But yeah. it just creeps up on you, doesn't it? Fantastic. Yeah. I love the winter one. So I think before we go to number one, okay. should we do honourable mentions? Yeah. Close also rounds. Yeah. So 
I think the number one honourable mention has to be Blind Date. Yeah. Because as a 90s baby, I obviously grew up with that on in the house. I don't remember it in the same way, in the same kind of like nostalgic love that I think a lot of other people do. But I remember it. It is. It was perfect. It is, it? Yeah. There was something about this, this elegant yeah. kind of visual and, composition. And it was also, the, it is the thing the that. Set with the yeah. Or... And the little blind in between them, the, the, the screen in between them, mm. and Scylla being just like outrageously scouse, redhead. <laughs> Completely maverick. unique presence. She was know. just, yeah, like. I mean, they tried to redo it with Paul O'Grady. Well, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's, no, it's bad. She, she was it's it. Just like you just, yeah, you can't. Also, like, if you want to make it good with Paula Gray, put him in drag. Like, that's no, where Paula Gray is. Something's always missing. His best, it? yeah. Um, but yeah, Blind Date. It's yeah, fantastic. So, and that's where and it, it started. Yeah, and it also does the thing which I think a dating show needs is a catch up. Like, see how they get. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what, yeah, which, which it, it started that and. It's perfect. You need yeah, we segwayed in the middle. Yeah. For like last week's, yeah, yeah, who went on last week's exactly. d- dates. So that's, yeah, yeah it's it great. Yeah, per- perfect little, perfectly constructed yeah. little thing. Yeah, and they've tried since. Yeah. Other shows have tried. Like to see the evolution yeah. of the format mm-hmm. is, is fascinating. Yeah. And the way it's got more extreme mm-hmm. and weird and perverted, maybe. Mm-hmm. Per- and go- that goes on to our next honourable mention. Naked Attraction. Mm. Which is kind of like one of those shows is like, again, like how the reaction to, to Man O' Man, but like, yeah. look how low we've sunk yeah. as a civilization yeah. that we now have Naked Attraction on our TVs. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's not wrong. I don't know. It's, it's kind of horrifying, but... I've seen too much of it. I haven't seen a lot. No, I mean, I've seen, I've seen too much. I've, yeah. I've definitely seen... I mean, it's all about seeing too much, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, um, it is. It is. Um, so, Naked Attraction, because a lot of people haven't watched it, I've discovered by whenever I mention really? it. Yeah, people seem to not have watched it. It's a Channel 4 show. Alongside Undateables, I would love to know who was... The, what the, the, To be a fly on the wall in those sort of brainstorming sessions just being like so hear me out guys <laughs> hear me out so we're going to make a show like hear me out so you know when you go on the like first stage someone like imagine it as a pitch yeah. the fact that they actually yeah. got yeah, yeah. Like you want to finish product you always want to know what they look like naked that's what you really want to know so how about we just start with that yeah. start and see them naked so that's literally what the show is but it's not just that you see oh body yeah oh, before bit you by even... bit oh, before you even see my face or heard the mm. voice so they're all in pods. Again, you've got pods have made a comeback. Um, they're all in pods. And someone has to give VT at the beginning to like tell you what they're all about. And they, they get shown these individuals section by section. So I think it's like your bottom half. So genitalia down. Mm. Then it's like from neck down. And does the... the, the... Contestant kind of get to say if they want to see more, or they they they're going to see the whole so thing. So they have to vote someone out each round. So people are getting voted out from their genitalia to mm. their legs, and it's quite entertaining because a lot of the time, like especially like the early season of it, like the first season, 
I felt people were really desperately trying to not be like, he's got a biggish cock, yeah. you know, so I want that one. <laughs> so they'll be like, I just, you know, I don't like the way his feet look. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's got like, oh, I don't know, hat tattoo. Like, he's got a weird knee, like his knee <laughs> his left kneecap's a bit weird. That would, those would be the kind of reasons. So this idea of the strip tease really, I mean, I've never seen Naked Attraction, I have to admit, but it really sort of called to mind a passage from Anais Nin's Helen and Desire um, and the sort of power of the reveal. So I'm going to quote from that now. He sat down in an easy chair, which commanded a full view of the cabin. I undressed slowly before his excited gaze slipping my thin dress up over my smooth thighs, off the superb thrust of my hips, and finally along the swan's neck posture of my arms. Soon I was completely nude, my full-pointed breasts pouting freely in their firm silhouette, bending my gleaming torso backwards and forwards to facilitate the operation. I stepped into my high-heeled shoes, took a breath to tauten the curve of my bosom, tongued my lips wet, and with one hand on my hip, shot him a suggestive glance. He was breathing deeply in the tub-like armchair, his prominent blue eyes transfixed by the delicate calyx of my navel. Move, he said hoarsely. Move slowly. Yeah, those are my top two honourable mentions. I just remember Street Date. Oh my god, yes! The show that made Davina McCall. Yes! Running around the street. Yes! Oh my god, did she yeah. just like bring. <laughs> that was mad! Wow! But again, you know, all these kind of creative oh my god, ways to, to expand and develop this format. Yeah. They came from Blind Date. Oh my god. Yeah. God. Genius, genius shows. I forgot all about that. Mm. Okay, so number let's one. have your number one dating show. Number one, without a shadow of a doubt. Unbeatable first dates. It just has it all. It has it all. It has it all. It's in the title, first dates. It's the thing I really care about on the dating shows is the first date and how well that goes. Um, I love everything about it. I have seen all of the episodes, all of the spin offs, i.e., Celebrity First Date, Valentine's Special, and First Dates Hotel. I love First Dates Hotel because one of the people on there is also called Michaela, which says it in an Italian accent, so it's like, (laughs) Michaela, a bit spicy though. Um, I love First Dates. I... Do you like the fruity French man? I love... I was about to say I love Fred. I love Fred. Um, I love Merlin, who is the barman who, when I googled first dates earlier to find out if there was oh, anything he interesting... For, former, former model or something? He so, he was this? also a former model. He's had a life, Merlin. He is yeah. now, currently, also a landlord of a pub. And he used to be the global ambassador of Bombay Sapphire. I just yeah. love Merlin. <laughs> he's so and sweet. He's called Merlin. He's, called Merlin. Yeah. he's very sweet. And he like sort of gets the, the dates ready, like they sit at the bar and he just sort of talks oh, to them right. about, yeah. Sort of yeah. And he's really awkward and he's lovely. The, the I'll say before I go into all the things I love about first date, the thing I hate the most, actually the only thing I really hate is the forced romance line of Cece the waitress and Sam the waiter. Just stop it. 
that what do they do? They, they just they just yeah, they try to make out that he's like in love with her and and it's like we all know the way it is all actors. Stop it, like stop it. Like, and it's just it, it cuts they like it's not yeah, needed yeah it's just not needed at all like the show has so much going for it mm. it doesn't add anything it actually takes away things because you're just like oh my god either get together or not and you're not going to get together because she doesn't she obviously doesn't fancy you yeah. also he lives in East London somewhere and I know this because I know probably about four different girls who have matched with him on various <laughs> dating sites and chatted to him so it's like he's not actually that interested so the illusion has been shattered. Yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. Um, but I feel like anyone you say, you talk to about first dates, they're always like the old people. Oh. I know, yeah. I've only seen bits and pieces yeah. of it, but they are really sweet. It's, those, yeah, so it's. Those segments. It, you know, it has every type of person from every kind of walk of life. Um, you also, there's quite a lot of times where there's like people who are quite like insular mm. and like quite clearly on the spectrum and they go on dates and you see them have success on dates or or not and then the first dates producers bring them back again for another date which they usually it usually works out for them the second time round and it's always very sweet um you've had babies from the show so oh, right. couple, no, 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 not actual babies on there. Like cup dates that have worked out so next, well. Yeah, next, next time, next, time, next, next yeah. contact, baby dating, yeah. and then you follow them through their lives until they're twenty-one. That's a very good. They get married. They get married. As yeah, a baby. yeah. Yeah. They've had their whole lives planned out for them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So the one couple got together and they've had a baby. And that's really nice, and they got engaged and. A few other couples have been engaged. Many of the older couples stayed together. Oh, a few older couples was a really great mm. one. Um, oh, I can't remember her name. Because they're often like widows or widowers. Yeah. Something. All I remember is that she said something along the lines that um, he made a comment about how beautiful she was, and she said with makeup. And he goes, "I'm sure you look good without it." She was like, "I look like Dracula without my makeup," <laughs> and I really enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> can't remember, but apparently they're still together, and that's been years. Um, just. There have been some like hilarious ones, um, like people who just don't don't get on, don't match. Um, watching that is always fun. There's always like the little bill dance at the end, you know. Like, <laughs> oh no, I'll pay for this. Oh no, I'll, I'll. gentlemen pay, and like sometimes the people will straight up ask them to go like fifty fifty, and like the girl in the like the little like interviews afterwards she'd be like I'm not I can't see him again like I'm I can't believe you made me pay for the meal and it's like you know conversations about gender roles and you know dating and finances all play in is tipping voluntary on this um does tipping ever come up no tipping never comes up Mm. no but then as someone who has applied for first dates and didn't get on first dates um yeah uh, thank god thank (laughs) God, I was on first date. Um, I met someone who was on a dating yeah. show. There's a Channel 5 one called Dates with My Ex. Oh my God. Watched that. Oh. Uh, we haven't watched it yet, but I keep meaning to. Mm, that um, sounds he was, awful. He was telling us about that. I would that. not go on that. Yeah. It's, Why would you want... How much money like they, they, they know it? It's not like it's, they've sprung it on Yeah. Um, like a surprise. That's such a stupid choice. <laughs> I mean, like maybe if you feel like you've got unresolved issues with our ex or something but yeah but like first dates give you give each person 50 pounds towards the date so when people are being funny about 
Yeah. I'm like, babe, you've been given some money. Like, you're allowed. You just want to you, pocket you, that, yeah, yeah, you sort of, you know, pocket a few drinks out in town <laughs> afterwards. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I love when they end the day and they, like, continue the day and it's like, they go to a black cab outside as if people are getting black cabs. <laughs> and, then, and the driver's always like, oh, you know, did you have a good day? And like, yeah, great. There was mm. one episode which is the best most shocking, most beautiful episode. Um, in my notes, it's written Norman and Margaret with a love heart. And mm-hmm, Margaret. Mm, so Norman and Margaret are both widows. They're both in their seventies. Super sweet. Norman is a free like was a Freemason or is a Freemason? Whatever he goes to the Masonic balls. So wow. yeah, so Norman's just a bit of a character. He's got like a really like manicured facial hair, and it's he's very sweet. And at first you're a bit like you're a bit weird, but then you grow to you grow to warm to Norman. Mm. Um, they they talk. There's one bit where they talk about them, about the fact that they've both got tattoos, and Margaret's tattoos because she did the like Camilo de Santiago walk in Spain, that really long walk. Oh yeah, like a pilgrimage. Yeah, she, that's like a religious pilgrimage, and she yeah. so she got a tattoo of it on her foot. Um, he's got some tattoos of his dead wife, you know, classic. Um, Freemason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, but then his sort of thing going in at the beginning was that he really just wanted to meet a nice woman that he could take to the ladies' night ball that they do. Um, and when talking, like her ex-husband, widowed husband, also was a Freemason, so she had been, to, she was aware of these balls, and I had been to one before, and so the end of the episode when they do the follow-up, which is again a perfect feature of any dating show, they're like, they say how Norman and Margaret went on many more dates, and then Norman was able to take Margaret to the ladies' night ball, and they show a little video of them dancing at the ball. Um, and Norman's mantra in life is to live life to the full. And then it says, and that's what he did when he took himself to Greece, and unfortunately, Norman died surrounded by all his friends and family. Yeah. And that was like the end of the episode, and it was like episode dedicated to Norman, like a lovely picture of him and Margaret at the ball. And oh, I'm sitting God. there in my flat, bawling. Yeah. No warning. No warning. And like, you're just like, oh my God, yay, they got together. Oh my God, Freemason's ball. Like, cute, cute, cute. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no show has made me cry so instantly without like any build-up. Like usually you know the build-up's coming. Yeah. And it just happened out of the blue. Yeah, see how that would that first dates a, a dating show that got me to cry like Love Island got me crying because I was like thinking of myself when I, when I cried like it was very narcissistic tears but this was like sweet sweet Norman got to do what he wanted to do before he died and that was to dance one more time oh god you're getting a mega oh my god so cute so sweet wow yeah you sold me You've been listening to The Silver Stream. I'll be back on the 11th of January. I'm going to be joined by Low Profile, which is a collaboration between artists Rachel Dobbs and Hannah Rose, um, who are based in Plymouth. 
Low Profile is um, an examination of the role of community, individuals and the collective. We will be discussing their latest work titled Drumroll, which is in collaboration with Richard Sharp and Neil Rose. Drumroll takes a simple, recognisable musical flourish as a starting point to create an evocative, engaging, immersive binaural listening experience. Um, and we'll be discussing this exciting project as well as playing an excerpt of this audio work within the episode. So tune in then. Thank you once again to Guy Oliver for his takeover with his top five featuring Michaela Yearwood Dan. And thank you to everyone who tuned in.